You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another edition of Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today is our first listener Q&A. Yay, so excited. I'm so excited. So somebody's listening. <laughs> and they sent some questions in. That's right. So actually, no, we got several questions from um, our listeners and more than we can do in one podcast. Right. So we just picked a few today that we'll start with, and we'll definitely do these again. These are awesome. Right. Keep them coming. You can always email us your questions at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And um, really, you guys are sending so many good questions. Some of them are actually going to turn into whole podcasts Episodes. on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we just picked some today we thought we could knock out um, pretty quickly. Right. So let's start with uh, the first one, which is... What do you do when your child continually disobeys you for the same offense? Oh, this, this never happened to me. No, Did it happen gonna, to you? I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, they got it right first. <laughs> the first time every time. Right. No, joking, joking. We've all been through this. Yes. So, well, there's several things I think that you can do. Um, first, you need to realize, take into, take into account context. Um, so, is this something that you've been working on for a really long time mm, yeah, or just something that's a new behavior all of a sudden that's maybe because of, I don't know, Christmas or vacation or something else that's coming along. So look at context. Yeah. New house. I have, a, you know, a friend that just bought a new house, moved in, got uh-huh. a baby and a three-year-old. Yeah. There's going to be some things that pop up. Right. Their life just got turned upside down. Yeah. And they're going to test some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely take context mm-hmm. um, into, but if you think, no, no, we're just, life's rolling along and this is a recurring behavior. Yeah. Um, because there are a million decisions to make during the day as a mom, what I found that helped me was to have a note card on my refrigerator of the one or two things that we were particularly working on with each child. And this would change as they they started to show progress in those areas, I would Mm -hmm. change it out. And that helped me remember like everything, every offense is not the death penalty. (laughs) You know, like, yes, some things are more weighted than others. Yes. Um, so, um, you can, you can just verbally correct something sometimes and move on. You're not going to be able to dig in with every single behavior all day long. Right. Um, so it's a hill. It's a hill. Yes. It's a hill you're going to die on. You got to pick those. You can't die on every little hill Mm -hmm. or you're going to be dead. Uh -uh. (laughs) No. So for, for us, for example, um, both of my kids tried lying about mm, developmentally what is that two or three years old mm-hmm. well that was on the note card that was in our family like we're not we're not going to be characterized by lying and so um when they did that then I took that really seriously mm-hmm. now did you do this did you have like thing did you have like kind of mental notes or a list of things you were working on oh yeah with your kids yeah absolutely and they would know it too I didn't just arbitrarily come up with it mm-hmm. Um, if there's a, something they're doing over and over again, let's say being unkind to each other. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty common when you have siblings cooped up mm-hmm. trying to homeschool mm-hmm. all year long. Um, I would tell them, all right, we've been working on this for a long time. You know why it's wrong. They could tell me why it was wrong. They knew. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not getting better. So from now on, <laughs> this is we're going <laughs> to buckle down. And every time I see you do this, and I would tell them, this is going to be the consequence mm-hmm. for it. You, you get it? Yep, mm-hmm. I get it. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So after that point, then it became their choice. Right? Yeah, now they know. Yeah. They know, okay, yeah, we did talk about this. And you did say that whenever we did this the next time, we were going to get in trouble for it. And something was going to happen. There was going to be a, a consequence that they know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I think that's so fair because then um, they can choose with full knowledge what they would like to have happen in their lives yeah and I would use those words I'm so sorry you chose to be unkind because remember Mm -hmm. what we said was gonna happen yeah um and so then you're also working on the opposite yes of what you want this was really hard for me me too as a young mom really hard because I was like squash disobedience (laughs) kill the evil (laughs) yes it must be destroyed no No, elevate elevate the virtue 
Right. So every time I caught them being kind, then it was praise, praise, praise. Yes. Every time um, we could demonstrate kindness in any way, like to the cat or to, you know, whatever. This is what kindness looks like. You got to be sure they know what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. Here's what kindness looks like. So you're going to maybe do something for someone else that you wouldn't normally do. You're going to use nice words to someone else. What does it mean? Uh, make sure they know what you're asking for. And then when you catch them doing it, so much the better. Oh, yeah. Big party. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> um, also, setting them up for success. So, like with the lying, um, I, if I saw that Emma had done what I asked her, so I said, hey, you know, it's time to go pick up those toys in your room. Uh, I would walk by during that season when she was lying to me. And if I saw she'd done it, I would ask her. I'd say, hey, did you pick up your toys like I asked? And that was actually just um, taking away the temptation to lie. So I, I would um, know the answer for what I was asking. And if something was difficult for her, I tried to stop myself from asking about it till I knew mm-hmm. one way or the other if she'd done it. And so just setting them up for success in that way. Um, so with our kids being home together during the day, if they were having trouble respecting each other, that meant giving them some time alone. Yeah. To set them up for success, to actually be kind. If mm-hmm. I'm going to just throw them in the room together all day, I'm not really giving them their best opportunity. Right. And and give them opportunity too to, to um, like a, a, the lying example, I would say, I'm going to ask you a question. And before I even ask the question, there's going to be a verbal like prompt. And I want you to be able to tell me the truth about it. Are you going to be able to do that? So Great. before you even yes. ask that question and lead them into that valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> <laughs> you know the answer, you know they're going to be able to say, yes, I can tell you the uh-huh. truth, and yes, I will tell you the truth. So when they're hearing themselves say it, um, I'm going to let, you know, now it's time for you and your brother to play together. Are you going to be able to be kind to one another? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what that looks like? Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. They both agree. Then you even have more of their own agreement with yourself before you get in that situation. And in the same idea of um, elevating the virtue, if there was a, a Bible verse, Proverbs for Parenting was a book I'd, I used a lot. It was, it was just a quick reference guide to um, to different virtues we might be working on with our kids. And we'd just pick a memory verse and stick it on a mm-hmm. index card around the house somewhere and mm-hmm. um, just try to you know, put God's word on their heart. One, I, one big thing that people, parents often overlook is if they're going back to the same offense over and over and over again, maybe you didn't close the issue to begin with. Mm-hmm. So um, if it was an unkindness to each other, you can't be nice to your sibling. Um, was there ever a time that they were actually made accountable, not just a consequence, but then afterward, did they go back to their sibling and apologize for that? Did they ask forgiveness? Did they make it right with their sibling and realize how they hurt the person? Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't, then that it's still kind of an open issue and they're yeah. free to go back and do it again because yeah. their heart was never changed. Mm-hmm. So you want to, the goal here is just working on their heart. Outward behavior is good, but the best is mm-hmm. to get to their heart and, and putting the virtues in it. So mm-hmm. that's what you're really, really going for. Yeah, it takes a little bit of intentionality on the front end, a little forethought, um, but it's it really does help you feel um, less despairing and overwhelmed. Like everything's not code red, mm-hmm. you know. Like we're really okay. Here are the couple of things we're really working on this. Yeah, and um, to set them up for success and do that. I I know one more thing that we did. We required our kids to come when they were called. Mm-hmm. So we practice. We just practice that, like any other thing you'd practice. Made it a game, and Emma, yes, Mom, I'm coming, and she'd come, run, 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 and find us. Um, to me, I mean, okay, listen, we do this with our dog too. <laughs> so it's like a little mental reset when you call someone away from something. It, it kind of just like pops them out of that behavior if they're used to coming when they're called. If they're made to come when they're called, right? So that was kind of like a pre-training. Um, activity we did we just said you know what we want them to be characterized by coming when they're called it's a health and safety issue you know if Mm -hmm. they're out in the yard and they're getting near the street I want them to stop and met my voice and come when they're called right um in the play areas I want them to come when they're called I don't want to have to climb up in there after them but really truly as I reflect on 
raising them, it's just a great mental reset. Yeah. You just pop up out of there and sometimes you can catch them before they spiral into the behavior that you're about to see. Right. David said his dad did that. He he would see David getting um, losing his self-control, about to get into trouble with mm-hmm. a friend, and he'd just call him over. Yes, Dad, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. He'd just say, hey, why don't you just sit here with me for a minute? Let's just take a little five-minute break. How wonderful to not have to even do it before you get into yeah. trouble, before you have to have <laughs> tears and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. Yes. So all those things. It's a, yeah, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work, and you, you get that behavior you know you you see progress you get mm-hmm. that behavior under control and then there's something else then there's going to be something else to put on your list yep. and guess what maybe there's a life change and they go back mm-hmm. to that behavior again mm-hmm. do not despair <laughs> <laughs> just keep swimming that's right just, just keep, keep swimming, swimming. <laughs> that's right but yeah great question and it's a universal um experience right kids are kids mm-hmm. they're gonna do what they're gonna do don't take it personally and um you know just address just keep it trying. Yeah, yeah address it Okay. All right. Great question. Next one is how, this is so big, such a big question. It is. How do I love my kids and husband sacrificially without losing myself? I don't know a single man that would um, ever write that question. (laughs) Right? Like, how do I love my wife and my kids without losing myself? They don't seem to lose themselves. You are so right. (laughs) This is definitely from a mom because we do have some dads who wrote questions in, but this is from a mom. Yes. Um, Boy, I think we have all experienced that um, from the time your body goes through that rush of hormones or you bring home the adopted child mm-hmm. and your whole life is changed. It's upside down and it's no longer. Mm-hmm. You're no longer number one. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I think you tend to, as females, as women, we tend to put ourselves last always because there's always something to be done. Something will always fill the vacuum. Mm-hmm that tyranny of the urgent yes yeah um there's always going to be chores and lists and things to do so my first I guess piece of advice is just you have to intentionally carve out some time and if you're married with a partner then you ask your husband for help with that Mm -hmm. I communicate your needs yes here's what I need from you um one young mom I was talking to recently, I'm so proud of her. She did this. She said, listen, you know I do better when I exercise. And I really need to be able to just do this at home. But that means you got to run cover for the kids. And um, he just graciously did that. He's like, I want what's best for you. And I'm going to make that po- happen. I'm going to make that possible. That I'm on deck for the next hour, no matter what. Wow. Good for and, him. and so, yeah, I think that articulating your needs uh, to your husband is first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, on, you're in this together. He helped bring that little kid into the world too. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> one of my favorite things is you're winning together and you're losing yeah. together. So if it's a, if it's a win for you, it's a win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mama ain't happy. Nobody happy. <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. So I don't think most women have trouble loving sacrificially. Mm-hmm. I think that's just what we do, what we've been either programmed to do or taught, or that's what society tells us we do. Yeah. That's not, that's not the problem. The problem is that losing yourself. Yeah. Part. Yeah. You just kind of melt into everyone else's world mm-hmm. and um, there's no healthy boundaries, which was my, one of my thoughts was healthy boundaries. I can't, I just asked God, I prayed and said, I got to have some time by myself. I think I had a, like a one-year-old and a four-year-old mm-hmm. about the time and I was like, when can I have some time by myself? And it was clear as day. I had the thought, 5 a.m. And I was mad. <laughs> I yeah. I was big mad. Like, my kids are super early risers. We're early risers. So it's no surprise. And But all my friends' kids would sleep till like 7 in the morning, you know. And um, I was like, that's not fair. Why do I have to get up at 5 a.m. to have an hour by myself? I don't like that, blah, 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 you know, and I complained about it for about a week. But when I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get up. I'm going to have coffee by myself. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm just going to have some quiet. I'm going to sit in the quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The glorious quiet, which Mm -hmm. you know what, now that I'm in an empty nest season of life, it's amazing. (laughs) The quiet is like, 
it doesn't make me sad. It makes me so happy. That's because you're an introvert. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I introverted. Hear you. So um, that was that was a, a time that I just knew I needed to. My friend, that's when she's exercising. Mm-hmm. 5 a.m. She's, I'm so in awe of her diligence right, and, to and take so, care of herself. But it might not be that for you. Maybe it's the other end of the timeline. That's line. exactly right. Maybe it's late at night when the kids have gone to bed. So what you do is you don't do laundry then. You don't do the dishes then. You don't do all the things that you still see need done. You say, no, no, this is my time. And you do whatever it is that's going to bring you joy mm-hmm. in that time. Take a bath, read a book. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Do your Pinterest boards, whatever it is that you're yeah. enjoying to And do. the laundry will be there tomorrow. The mm-hmm. dishes will be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But don't let that fill your your space. Yeah. Refer to the Routines and Systems podcast <laughs> for help in this area where you can, you know, have some things that are, um, <laughs> I got too tickled, didn't I? <laughs> for, for help where you can, like, carve out some space. Carve out some space for yourself. If some things are just no-brainers, we, like, we know we do this at certain times, then it's easier to find a spot. Yeah. When you're when you're constantly putting out fires, it's a little bit harder to carve out space for yourself and right. find those healthy boundaries. Right. And if you need more than that, say if you are, um, you know, maybe you're a social worker or whatever, and you are just passionately drawn to social work and staying at home with your kids isn't doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, then look for something part time, maybe mm-hmm. look for something where you can trade childcare with some other mom and feed that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's perfectly fine to do. Yes, if you know you need that and that's going to sustain you, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, um, I had several friends who did that. Like, um, I didn't even know she was a nurse. She was just my mom friend mm-hmm. who was homeschooling her kids, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to work one day a week. I'm, I miss doing that. I love doing that and adult um, conversation yeah yeah yeah. and not to mention the income yeah she was like this is great it's a win all the way around so yeah make it make it work for you right Um, so the key is balance I mean the worst you can do is try it and it doesn't work then you try something else right what's the worst that can happen right yeah uh there was also um when I was thinking about this question I was thinking um like groups I joined when I was raising my kids or hobbies that I did. So there was a season of life where I did Bible study fellowship. I've mentioned that before. That was a great outlet for me. They had childcare. I got to look into the eyes of 12 other women who were coherent (laughs) and have some good conversations. And, um, then there was, um, book group we did. Oh my goodness. Like once a month. The book group, you know, the book group was, so amazing because it made me responsible to read something that was not about parenting mm-hmm. it was always fiction and um we would talk about the book for what like 30 minutes oh i know 40 and minutes then and like... then we'd stay three hours <laughs> <laughs> it's talking about life and it, it was um it was such a joy and we actually ended up um going to like a, a bookstore cafe because remember we felt bad we were monopolizing a table yeah. in a restaurant for so long we'd have to tip really big so so yeah, book group was fantastic. It's really easy to start a book group. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember even my my junior high daughter, one of her friends, started a book group, and it was a once a month thing, and right. super fun. Maybe you don't like books. Maybe you want to go to the movies with your friends once a month. Mm-hmm. I just got invited to be part of a podcast group. So like, they don't want to read, but they want to listen to some podcasts and come discuss them. Mm-hmm. What a great idea! They could listen to our podcast. I know. And- <laughs> discuss it just kidding no conflict it's like current of interest events, there current events but um yeah like if you're like I have some friends who are very like um entrepreneurial in spirit those are your girlfriends who organize that kind of thing yeah and so if you're that way do it yeah get some girlfriends together uh-huh and I've got several who are so crafty and creative that they're they start a home business and they do that at home when mm-hmm. the child is napping and they've I mean, they make some big money with that stuff too. So that's true. There's all kinds of things you can do. Just know what you need Mm -hmm. and ask for it. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. Know what you need and then ask for it. So the third question is kind of related to that one. What is how do I find time for myself when my husband is away 70% of the time? So, you know, I've been there. Uh, My husband had a season of um, life where he was traveling. He'd leave on Monday morning and get back Thursday night. 
and we didn't have any family nearby. It was really hard. It was really hard. And I, I did feel overwhelmed. The kids were crying <laughs> right. when he would leave. I was crying on the inside when <laughs> he would leave. Um, so we all have unique situations. If I had been in a city where I had any family whatsoever, I would have been calling in the troops. Um, but I wasn't at that season of life, so I had some girlfriends. I had mm-hmm. some girlfriends, and we could rely on each other. We would trade kids, and I could have some time by myself. Mm-hmm. Another city I lived in, there was a wonderful older couple in our Sunday school class who saw that I just needed a break, and um, she took my kids for one afternoon a week. Like, after I'd feed them lunch. I'd take, her, take them to her house and pick them up like at 4 or 4.30 and head home in time for David to be home from work. What a gift. That's and it was nice. just a little season of life. Maybe they did that a year and a half, two years. Yeah. I still <laughs> remember these people with great affection, reverence, and awe of the gift they gave me. And it was, um, it, they didn't have to. They had family in town. Mm-hmm. They had their own grandkids mm-hmm. in town. But um, it was a trusted place to leave my child. So I, also there's a, there's programs out there that you can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our church, there's several churches in our area that have a Mother's Day Out kind of a program, which gives the benefit of they're learning some letters, they're learning some social mm-hmm. skills, whatever, but it's not a full-blown preschool. It's not a full-blown daycare kind of thing. Maybe you just do it once a week yeah. or maybe you do yeah. it two times a week. Um, and it's not the whole day. It's just maybe until lunchtime, something like that, which gives you enough time to oh. don't let it, let the vacuum fill. If you need that yeah. space for just you, then do the thing that you've been wanting to do during that time and save the housework and stuff till later. Mm-hmm. Um, Refer to the routines episode. Right. Routines <laughs> are your friend. Yeah. Systems and yeah. rhythms are your friend. Yeah. If you can train your children really, and I'm talking Babies mm-hmm. can be trained to um, love time alone in a playpen where they're contained, where you're not putting out fires and having your mm-hmm. house destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and small children definitely can have time alone in their rooms um, where you don't, you don't have to be entertaining your kids mm-hmm. all day long. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's not good for them and it's not good for you. But I didn't just get to stick my kid in a playpen and they were super happy about it. We had to train that as well. So I'd, we'd do five minutes in a playpen, then 10 minutes mm-hmm. after many days of successful five minutes. And eventually they'd work up to like 30 minutes in a playpen. Well, I can take a nice leisurely shower, get ready for the day in that playpen time. Right. And then eventually teaching them to have room time where they're not allowed to pull everything out. Also some training there mm-hmm. if your kid's inclined to pull everything out mm-hmm. you know maybe you have to rearrange how you store the toys or things like that but eventually you know I've said before we homeschooled they had two hours of room time by the time they're yeah by the elementary time they age, were um, sure. like first second grade mm-hmm. and there were no naps you know after four or five years old mm-hmm. the nap time turned to room time and we mm-hmm. had to train to that and yes there were days they pulled everything out and we had to correct that and put some toys away and things but we trained for what we wanted so I would have time, especially the years where I didn't have any family near. Right. And if your husband is gone, like the question says, 70% of the time, you need that. Mm-hmm. Like give yourself that time and yeah. and don't waste that time. So don't use that time sitting on your phone. Oh, please. Which is your, your natural phone. probably inclination to just yeah. zone out because you're stressed yeah. and you just need some detoxing. But use it for something that truly fills you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember trying to do yoga in the floor um just to try and be healthy and emma would like crawl on top of me she's like three houston's a baby so he must have been in his crib or something and she's like on top of me like laying across me and some moms would think oh that's so cute and i'm like seriously can i not have like can (laughs) i not have 20 minutes of yoga by myself so um yeah i had to learn like okay well that's not something that's not something i can do while she's up and ready to play and things it's got to be during room time or during nap time or um, another time where she's entertained. Teaching your kids to entertain themselves is not just giving you time. It's teaching them focus. It's teaching them that um, they can come up with their own interesting thoughts and ideas. Some kids will be better at this than others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your extroverted kids may not want to have alone time. They want to be with you or be with their siblings, da, 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 da. But we all need it. What comes first? What your child wants at all times of 24 hours, seven? No. No, no, no. Who so knows set, better? You or them. Set yourself up for success. 
in that please, area. Please, that's that's key. There's also moms groups, um, like uh, not just the Mother's Day Out, which was excellent. That's a great point. The Mother's Day Out, they're typically pretty affordable, even mm-hmm. with a tight income. Yeah. But um, those and... Mops, parents of preschool. Yeah, that's the one I'm trying to think of. Yeah, and then... Around. Or gym, a gym with childcare, another mm-hmm. season of life. We mm-hmm. did a gym with childcare and just splurged and did it. We rearranged the budget around. That's what we needed. It wasn't forever. Maybe it was two years. We had a membership at a gym. Yeah, there's all kinds of free stuff around too. Like we have um, wilderness areas or um, I know they have things at night that, that you can take the kids on and do. But some of those things you don't have to be with your kids the whole time. You just kind of mm-hmm. drop them off mm-hmm. and let them Oh yeah, participate. So if there's anything free you can find, take advantage of that. VBS in the summer. I know people who oh, like, yeah. they just... They have a calendar of all the VBSs and they in go this around. town and they go around and it's like free childcare, like all summer long, which I kind of cracks me up, but, um, Whew. but it's actually, you can go to two or three uh-huh. and, and have that nice little break. Sometimes they're evening ones. Sometimes they're daytime ones. It just depends. Wow. It can make a whole day, uh, <laughs> summer camp out of that whole experience. <laughs> no. There's probably like some very, um analytically minded person who could make a spreadsheet and do that for for us for our community hey ain't no shame in it just do it all right um so that kind of goes along with our our next question which is about budgeting um so what was it like to be on a tight budget with little people Hmm. okay looking back on it um I think I felt like it was more limiting than it actually was there's just some there's some things that are just definitely out of reach so the big huge vacations okay that's not not happening to disney world we're not going to disney world we're not flying anywhere Mm -hmm. but it didn't mean we couldn't have fun i think i was ranking like it would be more special if we could spend more money and that's not always true yeah i mean sometimes swimming with the dolphins that's expensive and amazing (laughs) but that's not always the case right um so i think first of all i'd say free your mindset from the fact that you're limited um, and the fun that you could provide or the cool experiences you could provide your children because a lack of funds really drove creativity in oh, our an imagination in our family. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when a kid is more excited about the box mm-hmm. at Christmas uh-huh. than the actual gift itself, <laughs> my goodness, then, then there's no limit to the imagination and the things that, the free stuff that you can use yes. for fun. We yes. used to make, um, run the hose and make a, a river in the yard mm, of course you did and, <laughs> yeah, all about some mud you know makes what can float down the river and play in the mud pies mm-hmm. all the old-fashioned little house in the prairie kind of things mm-hmm. where you know they only got an orange and a penny at christmas <laughs> and they're stocking <laughs> what can we do with this so you, they're just using what they had i mean we've been to africa and literally this the children have um empty two liter bottles taped to a stick and that is their toy mm-hmm. figure out how many ways you can do uh, empty two liter bottle taped and to a stick. stick. Wow. And it really, I mean, my kids were seeing that going, wow, that's yeah. not exactly the Barbie playhouse that we wanted, you know, uh-huh. and look how they're making that work. Yeah. Um, creative too. So I'm sure they're so creative. Budget doesn't mean like Renee said, it's not a limiting thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of actually a freeing thing. If you look at it imagination wise. Yeah. And, um, okay. We also, like we were making Play-Doh. So my mom did this for us when we were kids. Well, she made our Play-Doh. Okay, I thought she was an amazing chemist. Like <laughs> seeing that that salt dough come together on the stove and the warm Play-Doh in your hands, it was way better than like my friends who had the little cans of Play-Doh yeah. that dried out and got all crumbly and all that. So make, sometimes making your own um, things like that is more fun. We cooked together. We colored together. We let the kids come up with, like, create a game for family night. And a lot of times we did hide and seek. They love hide and seek. It's terrifying and fun at the same time. It's so scary when you can't find someone. (laughs) You're tiptoeing around the house. (laughs) So um, involve your kids because they're going to be probably more creative than you. Yeah. And thinking of, like, fun things to do. Oh, scavenger hunts. We did those all the time. Mm -hmm. Making up cute little poems for each little clue as you go around the house. My kids still remember that. Yeah. so, okay, you're not eating out. We're not eating out. You got a family of four, Which, five, listen, y'all, six. Can I just interject here? We didn't eat out hardly at all. It's overrated. We're still thin. <laughs> I, I have a theory. I have a theory that p- people who eat out all the time are consuming all that fat and salt and calories. And just comfort yourselves, families, with the thought that if you're eating at home a lot, 
you're going to stay skinny. (laughs) You're going to stay thin. Portion control. Portion control, healthy habits, the whole nine yards. Like, yeah. It's not as bad as it sounds. So, Renee, you do a thing in your family. Uh, I don't. You didn't always do it, but yeah. um, past few years you've done uh, no spend January. Yes. Right. Yes. Right after Christmas, you've already mm-hmm. you know gone berserk on the gifts and whatnot. Right. So you buckle down in January. How does mm-hmm. that work? So right. Ha. <laughs> yeah. You can't cheat. So like the first year when we decided to do no spend January, my impulse was to like go to the grocery store and buy a ton of groceries like by December thirty first, so that like there was. Um, enough food in the house but no I didn't do that we just said we're not going to we're going to pay our bills you know pay our electric bill pay our mortgage but we're not going to take on any additional expenses including food Mm -hmm. we're going going to eat what's in our freezer what's in our pantry what's in our fridge which made for some pretty weird meals which was it's a fun family memory Emma Emma still to this day is like those red bean cake things you made us <laughs> like seriously that was ridiculous <laughs> so um so yeah no spend january it was actually a relief mm-hmm. to me and my husband just to go you know what like we're just putting the brakes on the spending and i did i put some stuff in my amazon cart to hold till february one yes because i'm middle-aged and i'm afraid i'll forget like that i needed it <laughs> But we just waited. It was a good discipline, too. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much. We have so much more than we think we have. Yes. Um, in a pantry or in a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a clothes closet. Yes. All the things. Um, there's a great book called Seven where, I think it's Jen yeah, Hatmaker. Yeah, read, read it forever ago. But she. Did um, we read that together for We might read? have. I think we did. Where she just wore seven items for an entire month. And that's an interesting experiment. You it was a very that. interesting book. Ate seven foods for a whole nother month. Yeah. I mean, you can do way more than you think you mm-hmm. can. One thing that we did um, was consignment sales. Oh, yes. Um, usually around springtime and then once again in the fall, um, in our area, they'll, I don't know who organizes them, just mo- entrepreneurial yeah, moms, I guess. Yeah. They make a little bit off of it. But um, you put all your clothes in the consignment sale and then you get to go and shop. And it's like way, way, way discounted with some they don't take junk either so mm-hmm. um you know you're going to find some good stuff this was way easier to do for my daughter than my son because boys will destroy pretty much oh. everything they wear um yeah so by age like three or four the boys clothes were few yeah. and far between are not very good that's right <laughs> um and we would trade clothes too with my um like what my nephew in Colorado didn't wear or once he was done with it he, they would ship it to Tennessee and my son would wear it and most of it, you know, the nicer things he didn't wear out, but, and then I would ship it to my friend in Alabama. And to me, you gave us so many clothes. And Houston, let me just say, loved the clothes from Ben. It was like special. It was like his special clothes. He (laughs) thought of his friend Ben when he wore it. So see. Ben was always bigger than Houston. Ben never got any Houston's (laughs) clothes. (laughs) No, but we got stuff from other places. Yeah. And then Savannah would give, um, send her stuff back to my sister's Mm -hmm. daughter in Colorado. So it, it all came full circle yeah um but yeah rather than just giving that stuff away or what I what I couldn't put in a consignment sale I would usually give to the cousins first and we would just wear each other's stuff yeah it's a it's a sweetness especially like, when they're little they don't it doesn't matter what they're wearing no. they don't have to be smocked no. ribboned beautiful you know just functional right right unless your child is like mine and grows up to become a graphic designer and has extremely strong opinions on what is fashionable <laughs> even when she's two we could oh my goodness the discussions air quotes here discussions we went into about her clothes and (laughs) what she wanted to wear and didn't want to wear yeah I cannot wait for her to have her daughter and (laughs) try to put that smock stuff on her and see what happens that's awesome yeah 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 (laughs) oh my goodness so yeah and yard sales for us that became because my kids were early risers um I'm like what do you do on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m I'm already up we've had our breakfast um so you know, I started taking Emma out to go yard sailing and we just discovered that was a great way to not, it wasn't just clothes. It was a great way to get a piece of furniture for your house that you might need or yeah. uh, something for the kitchen. And I have a friend who, she had a big family, like I think she had six kids and she would pray before she would go out yard sailing. She'd make a list. All right, here, God, here's the things I need for the family. 
And then here's the things I want. Here's like the wish list, like a Vitamix blender, which if y'all know, they're like 350 to $500. Do you know, like she always was able to find, maybe not the exact day that Saturday, but she would always find what she was looking for wow. for her family, including that Vitamix blender. So you have not because you asked not. Oh so. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, she went, really taught me a lot about I'm involving God into the details of my life. So I would pray over my grocery budget before I'd go into the grocery store. I'd be like, okay, well, here's what we've got. And I need you to make that stretch. And I want to buy healthy foods. And mm-hmm. anybody who's shopped on a budget knows that fresh produce is more expensive, mm-hmm. more expensive than the junk, you know? So you just ask coupons. God into we the, were the details. Queen. I was the queen and, of coupons. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. And Anything. then when I had kids, I'm like, how I can't even have a coherent thought how can I figure the coupon am I buying the right size I was panicking <laughs> but it all it all works out <laughs> it all works out it, it all works out and you guys used um yard sale for your son's wedding didn't you oh yeah yeah that's true we we got tons of decorations at a yard sale of a former wedding coordinator um your um reception plates and our reception which plates I thought were was from, the coolest yeah detail yeah the white china they wanted all mis- mismatched white china and so we just found them it was kind of fun it was like a fun family project to all I be love that. shopping for the for the plates and actually we're selling them like now yeah the, um to get our money back you know out of it so my goodness yeah. wedding on a budget too. yeah 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 it was it was fun the woman does it all um we also were selective so we decided that it was worth it for the hundred dollar membership to the children's discovery center um because that was unlimited visits and if i was if it was a rainy day and i just was needing a break i knew we could go for an hour and they could play um the big two-story slide we could see the exhibits it didn't matter if we'd already seen the exhibits the shadow room, the reptile, you know, show that they would do that. That was a hundred dollars well spent. Mm-hmm. We just made, and it made sure we continued to go back there. So we were selective in what we chose to do. Like I said, for another season of life, there was the gym. We just decided, Hey, this is for the health of our family. This is what I need to do. So just prioritize what you need mm-hmm. at that season of life. Um, and I wouldn't say, give this to your children in the sense of burdening them. But there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, we can't afford that this Mm -hmm. month or um, we're going to use the money for this instead. Um, Not to the sense that they're like anxiety ridden over, oh my goodness, you know, (laughs) we're going to be kicked out of our home, nothing like that. But um, okay, sure. So-and-so has this birthday party with ponies and fireworks or whatever, but we don't really think that you need that. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. And your birthday party can be just as fun with other things. Kids aren't going to remember the other one anyway. It's totally not necessary. And lessons are being taught um, for them when they're adults mm-hmm. about how to budget and, and what to do effectively. So it's not a deprivation. It's a life lesson. Yes. It, I mean, it is. I've seen it work both ways. I've seen a spirit of poverty kind of spring up in in people's children, more like when they're teens and they're really starting to compare themselves to other people where they just are like yeah we don't have the money for that instead of yeah we don't have the money for that let's go see what we can find yeah goodwill and yard sales and it's isn't it more exhilarating Mm. to find that expensive thing you wanted for such a cheap price isn't it better stewarding of Mm -hmm. god's resources to pay so much less for it Mm -hmm. i remember (laughs) my daughter had gotten some graduation money and she had been to Scotland on a mission trip with our church. And she, that's the first time she'd seen Louis Vuitton luggage <laughs> bag. She saw people in the airport and she's like, what is that? And she really liked it. And she, um, she didn't even tell me this, but she was praying like, God, <laughs> can I one day own a Louis Vuitton bag? Like I really, it's so cool, but they're like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, even for a small purse, like $800. Do you know that summer after graduation, we were at a yard sale. What is on the table? <laughs> a Louis Vuitton bag. Now, I don't know about Louis Vuitton. So, mm-hmm. And I didn't know. She was praying Me neither. about mm-hmm. that. And so the woman is like um, selling it. And she's got like $150 price tag on it. And I'm like, at a yard sale? I'm like, that's insane. And Emma's engaging her in the conversation about it. And she's telling her how she splurged on it when she was on a, on a business trip in England and walked into the Louis Vuitton store and bought it. And she used it for several years and was ready to part with it. And Emma, 
like the good yard sailor we had raised her to be, developed a rapport with this woman and told her she had some graduation money and would she take $100 for it instead of 150 which I thought was madness. Insane. Madness yeah. <laughs> at a yard sale. Of course, not knowing what Louis Vuitton was. So she did because she just thought it was cool, the idea of a, you know, teenager, you know, getting something she really wanted. So she got it. And you know what? Like when she told me that she had researched it and how much they were and that she'd, you know, been praying to God about it, I'm like, seriously, he heard your prayer about a Louis Vuitton bag? <laughs> like that is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. So it, it can turn out um, great where your kids get creative yeah. in that way. The little things. Well, the little things. Uh, we were in a big family of five when I was growing up, and I never got the Jordache jeans or the members-only jackets or oh. all the fun stuff. So, <laughs> And I turned out just fine. Yeah. So yeah. don't worry about limiting your family if you have to live on a tight budget. No, there no. are ways some, to make yeah, it stretch. Some, a lot of luxury items, they're easy to snatch up for cheap. People mm-hmm. end up um, needing the cash. You can just swoop in and... yeah buy it I Facebook mean, Craig, marketplace yes, Craigslist is your friend I, mm-hmm. I look around my house and just smile at all the things that came from Craigslist through the years yeah same we have we have all kinds of things yeah on. yeah and and my furniture like I didn't it was a dinged up a little bit you know if it had been used I wasn't the first one to ding it so it, it felt freeing yeah you know? <laughs> the first like brand new couch we purchased I was like paranoid for it to be stained, you know, because we'd actually paid retail for it. So I was like, wow, that was actually funner. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if you have little kids, don't be don't. buying new furniture. It's not going to no, last no, anyway. No, no. Like, you know, they're going to spit up on it yes. and mark on it and all the stuff. So my husband and I made a pact. Secondhand is fine. No new furniture until everyone can get themselves to the bathroom when they have to throw up. <laughs> Once they can throw up on their own in the toilet, we will consider replacing the sofa. There you go. That sounds reasonable. (laughs) So, yeah. Keep that in mind. Um, And it's not always a hindrance when you're on a tight budget because we found that it really enhanced our creativity. Just in how can we make this happen? What kind of trips can we do? What Mm -hmm. kind of um, field trips can we do? What kind of vacations can we do? Um, So, so yeah. I think there's a lot of benefits to... um, having money a little bit tighter also the benefit is when money's not so tight you really appreciate it yeah it's like really really fun when you when your income typically as it will as you get older you know your earning power expands Mm -hmm. and um or maybe you're able to work a little bit and bring some money in it's really it's a it's a fun it's a fun thing to be able to notice the difference and appreciate the difference right if you and if you can't afford a membership to Sam's or Costco mm-hmm. or something like that, you probably have a friend. Oh yeah, who has one? And if you want to go and get toilet paper in bulk or some of those things, mm-hmm. you know you're going to have and buy that are a little bit cheaper. Ask your friend. Ask your friend to get it for you. Ask me. Yeah. I'll take you in there. I got yeah. a Sam's membership. I know. I know. I've used my friend's Costco membership and my parents' Sam's membership. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. So sponge, mooch off people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> quality time together you get to go shopping together that's right okay our last question of the day is about trust um this listener says i'm beginning to understand how huge it is to build trust with your kids but i often wonder what i can do to make it stronger what did you do to build trust with your kids (laughs) well my parents immediately my thoughts went to my parents who um were not perfect, but they did this really, really well. They always did what they said. They did not promise us things and fail to deliver, mm-hmm. even in a small thing. You know, they didn't say we're going to go get ice cream and then just change their mind or we get too busy. They they wanted us to know they meant what they said, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Their word is their word. Their word is their word, and yeah. so we tried to do that too with ours, like. If I wanted to go to the zoo, but I wasn't sure about the weather, I just wouldn't mention it. And just knowing that I didn't want to say we're going, and even if it was weather-related, I have to say, no, we, we need to wait. Right. So that was one. That was the very first thing that came to mind. What about you? Yeah, be careful with your promises. Um, I would say um, to use the word itself. Um, this goes back to what kids being concrete a little bit and in their concepts. Um, so what does trust look like when mm. you say you can trust daddy mm-hmm. or you can trust mommy? Um, and your husband has actually used this illustration in our class several times and I love it. So when you're in the pool 
and you tell your child, come on, jump, I'll catch you, I'll catch you. Trust me, say the words, trust me. And when they jump and you catch them, you've just defined that. This is what it means. I'm gonna do what I say. You're gonna be able to be safe with me and um, you know, come to me with problems, that kind of thing. Um, so you've just defined what the word yeah, means. Yeah, that's so good. Um, it could be maybe a conversation. So you, your child is having a problem, teenager, whatever, preteen, and you're encouraging them to open up about it. And so you say, trust me, trust mm-hmm. me. I can, I can listen to you and I, I can hear you. And they start to open up about it. And then you hold that confidence. You know, you're not sharing that secret with somebody. You're not, um, gosh, today's world would be, you're not taking that terrible picture of them and posting it because it's funny. Oh yeah. It's good for a joke. You're not betraying Mm -hmm. your family or your kid in any way, which would be mortifying to a, a middle schooler or really any child, you know, nobody wants to be embarrassed. So I remember um, you're making me think, um, you know, we homeschooled homeschool graduation in our den and, um, it was really sweet, wonderful ceremony. And then at the end of it, we took some pictures and, I guess Emma had slipped her shoes off, like she had heels on or something. She slipped her shoes off, and in the picture, it was a full body picture, and it, her she was barefooted. And I posted it online. Not, I was like, I didn't even notice, honestly. Mm-hmm. And she was mortified. She was like, I cannot believe that's the most homeschooler picture you have ever seen. Oh. A barefooted homeschooler graduation. She was so embarrassed, and I thought, Oh my goodness, I should have just ran that run that by her. Right. I didn't even think. Exactly. And but so. Your, you know, certain age child will they'll, think they'll care. every detail about yeah. it. So. And the picture you think it's is really one. cute of them. Like they just, we all see ourselves differently. Yeah. You know, than others yeah. see us. So yeah, just run it by them. That's a great piece of advice for teenagers. I, I was thinking ask. about uh, little kids. So like they say the cutest stuff and they like share mm-hmm. special, special moments with you. And sometimes like it's, a lot more serious and important to them than we really realize. And so we're, when we're relaying the funny story, even to like your spouse, it can, it can feel like it's betraying a trust, especially to just a friend when it's like, Oh, ha ha ha. Listen to this funny thing that my kid did. Well, you're kind of eroding their confidence that in, in you that they will um, be able to share stuff with you. Yeah. That's really important. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a good point. And, um, keeping their emotions yeah precious yeah that you you wouldn't share like give them the same respect that you would a friend who Mm -hmm. who shared something Mm -hmm. with you which also made me think of mirroring the excitement on their faces when they are telling you something super important Mm -hmm. this is great for marriages too (laughs) to act interested yes and if they're very excited you act very excited I had to learn that you know Role-playing in parenting and in marriage is not necessarily being um, not my authentic self. Yeah. I, I thought everything had to come like from a place of authenticity and it was like the real Renee. Well, you know what? The real Renee wasn't all that great sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes I just need to mirror what the person near me is. <laughs> yeah. Give them what they need. Yes. It's, it's give your them what gift they need. to them. Yes. yes. So I think mirroring emotions and, and I've, I've seen this. In babysitting situations, the kid is so excited to show their parents when they get back something they've done, or, mm. and the parents are totally distracted. They're not even like totally focused in on the picture or the craft or whatever they've done. And it's like, oh, you're breaking their hearts. You're breaking my heart. I'm right. sitting there watching it. Right. Get engaged. Be, be focused. Oh, my goodness. That goes back to like day one of bringing your baby home. I mean, that's, that is really how you, you're building trust and a bond um, mm. with an infant is mm-hmm. you're responding you're responding to their cry you're responding to their needs you're responding to uh, well they're hungry so they get something to eat you know they're tired so I'm going to put them down for a nap they're all those things all every little action that you do throughout the day is creating trust and a bond with your infant so you just continue that throughout their life you're I mean as a toddler you're providing what they need and um when they give you what I call bids for attention so like you just said, maybe you're not super excited about the worm on the sidewalk, but mm-hmm. they are. So you walk over and that's awesome. Little, little worm on the sidewalk. It's so cool that you found that. 
You know, that's all you need. It doesn't have to be a half hour conversation, (laughs) but you respond to the bid for attention. And what gets in the way of this a lot of times with our kids and with our spouses is our phones. Mm -hmm. So if your child is saying, look at this worm on the sidewalk and you're too busy scrolling or texting or whatever, you've just negated that bid for attention Mm -hmm. and you've just missed an opportunity to engage. So also, um, phones would be the first offenders for sure. But also task-oriented people like me. I yes. love a list. I love to work a list and get some tasks done. And I would let that, I would be like, just let me, I just want to finish this one thing I'm doing and then I can give you my attention, which is okay sometimes. But I, I had for myself, I knew my propensity would be to just stick with what I was doing. I needed to disengage. Yeah. And I just told myself a time is coming when you will be able to wash an entire sink full of dishes without interruption. That time is not now. But it will be coming. Yes. And let me just say, when I do that these days, I'm actually happy about it. Right. It's nice. (laughs) Yeah. But everything to a season. Everything to a season. And so if you're a real taskmaster kind of person, efficient Mm -hmm. personalities, you know, breaking away from the task at hand and entering into the world without a heavy sigh and a annoying okay what is it Mm -hmm. you know really try to guard your tone yes um and appreciate honor honor the presence of this Mm -hmm. other person that is on loan to you for a short period of time if you can try and keep that perspective instead of an interruption treating them like an interruption or annoyance or a interruption of your task Mm -hmm. um also you're making me think of like um so Emma was an open book. I thought I was just the best parent in the world. Look at this child who wants to share her life with me. I'm just so great. And then I got a, a second child who's much more to himself. So to build trust with him was to be available mm-hmm. when he decided to tell me something. Mm-hmm. And, as, you know, as they get older, the conversations get fewer and far, fewer between, and far yeah. between and the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. They're really trying to navigate the big wide world, friendships, relationships, so if he started to open up to me, I dropped what I was doing. Eye contact, honor his thoughts, especially his temperament um, wants to be heard mm-hmm. and wants to be appreciated for what he's laying out there. And um, sometimes the mom impulse is to correct or be like, have you thought of this? And- yes. <laughs> yes. With teens, especially yeah. you're trying to race in there and be yeah. like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You think I'm going to let you go to that party? You're out of your mind. Yeah. But I mean, half the time teens are so fickle that yes. the thing that they are presenting to you is probably not going to happen anyway. Right. <laughs> so just let it settle. Take it down a notch. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, hear the conversation and let me hear all your thoughts before you jump in there with any kind of opinion. Yes. Yes. Because that'll shut it right down. To to blow off his opinion, that was the cardinal sin with him. If you want to shut him down and let him not talk to me anymore, all I had to do is would be like, blow it off yeah. or contradict mm-hmm. immediately. And I learned that lesson real quick and repented and changed my ways because I thought, I want this kid to talk to me. Yeah. I don't want him to shut me out. I mean, I turn it around and if the shoe's on the other foot. I don't want that either. Mm-hmm. If I'm telling somebody something for them to just be like, oh, well, what you want to do is <laughs> let me just tell you how out 10, you know, outline yeah. of how your behavior should be and what you should be thinking. No, never mind. Yes. Yeah. So different stages of life, it's going to look different. But um, wow, it's just, I'm just thinking, man, that's great with your spouse as well. Yep. To and you honor their trust. You know, I've, I'm in these wonderful women's groups and sometimes. There's things I just have to check myself. Okay, is that appropriate to share? Would I be violating a mm. trust? Because you're trying to help each other's marriages. So you want to be vulnerable and open. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes I'll just run it by him. Are you okay if I share this? Right. How do you, you feel never, about that? never thrown anybody under the bus. Uh-uh. You're never doing that for a laugh or a, the sake of a conversation mm-hmm. at the expense of your relationship with your spouse or your kids. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, definitely do that. So trust is also a two-way street. Mm, mm -hmm. So when you're developing trust with your child, um, obviously your baby's not going to be giving you back a whole lot, except for sweet little smiles and gurgles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, by the time they're toddlers, you're going to be using language like, can I trust you to take your plate to the sink for me? 
use that language and they want you to be able to trust them. They want to be able to say yes. Yeah. And the more you foster that two way street of, um, you can trust me and I can trust you back. Um, the more they want to keep that up into their teen years. So use that language and give them ways that they can yes. fulfill it for you so that that trust bond gets stronger and stronger, even little tiny ways, um, just so they know what that looks like. Because there'll be, they'll give you plenty of opportunities where that trust is gonna break. Because I think Renee said on an earlier podcast, I mean, every kid at some point is gonna lie. Oh yeah. And the thing that that does breaks your trust. Mm -hmm. So then you have the opportunity for a whole nother conversation about how, what trust looks like and how that breaks it and how it's so important and precious of a thing, you don't wanna ever break it. So um, we, I would always tell my kids, especially when they got up to a certain age, I can trust you. I'm just assuming that I can trust you until you prove me different. Mm -hmm. So that gives them, great. I don't ever wanna break that. Like I want that trust relationship because the more I can trust you, the more you get to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, that is exactly what I was thinking. We said all the time, um, the scripture, whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. It is, you gain freedoms in our house when you prove yourself trustworthy. Your life gets more and more expansive oh, and open. Yeah the more we can trust you. And mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, um, zigzaggy line, right? We right. You go out, <laughs> we go out, out pull, it yep, pull it back in. They, they, they fail. So you pull in the freedoms a little bit and then you let them back out as they prove trustworthy. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not perfect works in progress here. Right. So definitely, definitely, um, we sold it as in relation to freedom yes. and, um, that trust as you become a young adult really is, um, correlated with your freedoms that you're going to enjoy. Right. And, and, um, there's nothing wrong with letting them know, like, I can trust you with your phone mm -hmm. until I can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's right. Therefore, you know, I'm going to be, there might be spot checks. Mm -hmm. There might, you never there should know. be spot checks. Oh yeah. But you never know when but they're listen, coming. I, I wasn't doing that for a while. Like the, it seems insane now to say that, but we, it, we, like our kids were being raised when cell phones were becoming a thing. Yeah, we didn't know. And so I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and until I heard some, you know, like read some articles, right. heard some youth um, pastors talk about how important it was and thought, well, you know, you always, if you have good kids, if you've got a great relationship in, the, in their teens and you, um, not if you have good kids, if you've got kids who you have a good rapport with mm -hmm. in their teens, it's easy to overestimate yeah their ability to regulate yes every to aspect make good of choices their life. Yeah. yeah to make good choices and so yeah you got to do that and we would check too like randomly check you tell me you're going to go over to so-and-so's house and mm -hmm. this is where you're going to be for the night well there were times occasionally that I would drive over there this was before you had the find my phone thing mm -hmm. but I would drive over there and or call the parent mm -hmm on some pretext of, hey, da, 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 about school, but oh, by the way, did my daughter happen to stop by there today? And ah. and I would know. So That's it doesn't so have to smart. be embarrassing. So but wise. It, it can be sneaky, but then you've got the information that you But you, you were need. covering for her too. You know, you weren't, you weren't throwing her under the bus. Right, I wanted the best for her. I didn't want her to lie later yeah. on. I didn't want, I wanted to foster the trust. And then, I mean, you can use that later on. Oh yeah, you know what? I know that you were over there. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you did what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Now I can trust you the next time you say you're going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, we loved um, Life360. We got Life360, the app, because I was texting my kids to see if they were where they were supposed to be yet. And they were driving. And I'm like, what are you thinking, Renee? Oh, yeah. You don't want them to check their phone for a text <laughs> while they're driving. But um, they got a lot of pushback, Life360 did, because like the teenagers did not like their parents being it able to invade, your invade their privacy and find out where they want to be. And now they have an option where you can just have, I'm in a certain geographic area. They mm -hmm. can't pinpoint your location. That's a breakdown of trust, yeah. familial trust, when you, you know, the tension's so high and mm -hmm. you, your kid doesn't want to know where, be known where they are. Like, yeah then there's kind of a red flag there. Mm -hmm. If you can't trust me with that, then I can't trust you with what you say mm -hmm. you're gonna be. So let's just be open and honest with each other. And it's so much easier when they're toddlers. 
I know. It's, so it does it, it's more exhausting when they're toddlers, like physically, exo- physically exhausting, but it's more emotionally taxing the older they get. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Wears on your heart. Um, and I'm thinking in terms of the re- your relationship with your spouse as well, like be trustworthy um, with one another, mom mm-hmm. and dad, you know, um, don't let them catch you here. Say one thing to your wife and do another or say one thing to your husband and do another. Right. Or um, if you're on the hiding things too, like, uh, oh, I spent oh. this much for this dress. Don't tell dad. I've been in line at the store That's when somebody terrible. did that. Yeah. <laughs> or to say like, on just say when you answer your phone, you know, like he's not here. And yet, you know, your kids know your, your husband's there. You're right. lying for them. Just don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Parenting's great for Self. moral fortitude and <laughs> self-improvement. Right. Because you're going to let it be. You're always teaching. <laughs> yeah. You're always teaching. If it's okay for you to do, it's okay for them to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Trust is a great. Mind. I love that question. It's a great. Very deep. Great question. There's so many, so many layers of it. We peeled back a lot of layers. And lifelong too. So. Yeah. Good one. All right. Well, we're out of time. That was, um, there were, those were great questions and there's more we didn't get to. So we will do this again. Um, we want to say thanks to our production managers, Cheyenne Avila, our tech and social media administrator, Savannah Cunningham, our graphic designer, Emma Goodwin. Right. And, um, if you want to find us, you can find us on our website at justaskyourmom.com, Facebook, just ask your mom, Instagram at just ask your mom podcast. And if you're listening and like it, we'd love for you to give us a five star rating so people can find us more easily. We're just a little startup podcast and we'd like to um, help as many moms as we can. So send us your questions for next time on just Just ask Ask your Your Mom. mom.